0: all right good morning again everybody so glad that you are with us today uh, that we can be together even if it is over the internet uh, special thanks to uh, my family and to Eric and Jen for leading us in worship today and stepping up and answering that call also to Kyle and to Jonathan who so faithfully serve us on tech uh, back and back so appreciate you guys are thankful for your partnership and love you what a strange era we're living in right now don't you think I mean it's going crazy out there so many of us are working from home schools have moved to online college many colleges have sent all of their students home and are now working remotely the stock market seems to be all over the place jobs are in question Uh, hours are uncertain and don't even get me started on the toilet paper crisis right i mean there is so much change happening in our culture there's so much fear that's just a part of our culture right now, so much uncertainty about the future, all because of the COVID-19 virus, which seems to be sweeping through our country right now. On Friday, Illinois announced 488 new cases of the coronavirus for a total of more than 3,000 plus cases and 34 deaths in Illinois alone. Johns Hopkins University also announced that the US now has more confirmed cases of the coronavirus than any other country in the world. There's no doubt about it. This disease is contagious, and it's a real threat, especially for those that are older or that have an immune system that is compromised in one way or another. It's spreading like wildfire. And perhaps one of the few things that's spreading even faster, that's even more contagious than the coronavirus is the fear that seems to be going along with it. Fear and anxiety and even hopelessness seems to be running rampant in our culture right now. There's so much uncertainty, so much that we're, we're kind of shrinking back in fear and wondering what's next. I, I find this in myself even, uh, that the more I spend time on social media or if I turn on the news and watch it or read through articles about the, the COVID-19 virus, I find anxiety welling up in me. I find myself more and more anxious, more and more stressed, more and more fearful about the future. Fear is running rampant in our culture right now. And and if I, can, if I can, I think almost all of us are probably carriers of it. We're carriers of fear, but it doesn't have to be that way. I was reminded this week about a passage uh, from John chapter 20 that actually I think speaks right to where we are this week. It's a, it's a story that picks up actually the very first Easter Sunday, the day that Jesus rose from the dead. But it's not the Easter story you typically hear preached on, on Easter. Let me give you a little bit of background. Uh, those of you that know this story well may remember that uh, on that first Easter morning, a couple of women went to the tomb uh, and found that the stone was rolled away and that there was no Jesus inside. There was just grave clothes lying there And as they were thinking about these things, Jesus actually appeared to them and uh, and showed himself to them and and basically said, I have risen from the dead. And he said, go back and tell the 12, go back and tell the disciples that I have risen just like I said I would. So the women go running back, knock on their right. They go in, they tell the disciples, we have seen the Lord. And the disciples are not so sure about that. And so two of them take off, they run to the tomb, they find it just like the women said, the stone is rolled away, the grave clothes are there, but no Jesus. And so they go back they're like, what does this mean? I have no idea. So later on, uh, they pick up, we pick up the story that evening, right? The very first Easter evening. They've heard that Jesus is alive, but they haven't yet seen him for themselves. We'll pick it up. John chapter 20, starting in verse 19, says this on that evening of the very first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked what I that say for fear of the jewish leaders i mean you kind of see what's happening here right i mean The disciples are afraid, they're terrified. So they're hiding in the basement, so to speak, with the doors bolted, right, locked, and all this kind of stuff. They are hiding for fear of their lives, right? And it makes sense to us. I mean, they probably got stuff stockpiled. They're probably preppers at this point. They got toilet paper and bottled water to last six months or whatever. Uh, They are afraid, and it makes sense to us. Because what? Because their leader, Jesus, the one they thought was the savior, the one that they thought was the promised king, the Messiah, the one that was going to come and save God's people. He'd been killed two days before, and not just killed, right? The religious leaders had seen that he was mocked, that he was beaten, that he was stripped naked, was whipped, and eventually was crucified, had nails Driven through his wrists and through his, and his spear, even after he was dead, a spear pierced up and lanced his side. You can imagine the disciples' fear at this point. Thinking, if they could do that to Jesus, this amazing leader, the one that we thought that was the Messiah. If they could do that to him, they could do it to me. And they were terrified. They were afraid. You can imagine. It was a dark time, wasn't it? It was a super dark time. The disciples are disillusioned. They scatter even before Jesus has died, when he died, even when he was on trial, the disciples scatter. They leave him there alone. Simon Peter even stands kind of off in the courtyard, just in the distance, but he couldn't even stand up to a little girl around the fire who's saying, Hey, aren't you one of his disciples? He's like, I don't know, man. All of them scattered. They were terrified. After Jesus was crucified, says so the disciple, I mean, some of the disciples went back to fishing. They went back to their old way of life and thought that's it's over it's game set match it's all done i mean we had gotten our hopes up and we were hopeful, we thought maybe jesus was the one we thought maybe he was the son of god maybe he was the one that was going to come save us but now he's dead it's done it's over there is no hope and so by the time you get to the end of the third day right the end of the third day They're terrified. They're hiding in the basement behind locked doors. They're consumed by fear. They have have been infected by the bug of fear. They're carriers of it. The air smells of it. And it seems like there is no hope. Let's keep going. Second half of verse 19. It says, in the midst of this scenario where they're afraid and they're hiding and there is no hope, it says, Jesus came. And he stood among the disciples and he said to them, Peace be with you. Man, I love this passage. I mean, even in the midst of their fear and their hopelessness, this dark season they're in, even when they're feeling alone and afraid, where is Jesus? Jesus comes and says, He stood among them. He makes his presence known right where they are. And there's all kinds of things he could have said to him at that moment, right? He could have said, Oh yeah, thanks for leaving me alone, right? To die all by myself. He could, he could have put the smack down on them for their faithlessness. He could have put the smack down on him that made him feel bad or guilty or ashamed or whatever for the fact that, like, hey man, I told you I was gonna die for the sins of the world and then rise again on the third day, and you didn't believe he could have, he could have come after him, but that's not what he does. In the midst of their fear, in the midst of their isolation, their loneliness, their disillusionment, Jesus shows up right with them, right in their midst. And he says, you know what? Here's my hope for you. Here's what I want to say to you. Peace to you. Peace be with you. It's like he's saying, I'm here. It's going to be okay. Peace. And I tell you what, friends. I... I think, man, if there is one phrase that maybe we as the church, anybody that's listening today in America, that anybody, any one of us probably needs to hear to the core of our soul. Maybe we just need to quiet ourselves today and hear these words of Jesus. Yes, I know the coronavirus. Yes, I know it's scary. Yes, it's disrupted our lives. Yes, all this kind of stuff. But Jesus is right here in our midst. And he's speaking to you today saying, peace. Peace be to you. It's okay. I'm here. I got this. It's going to be okay. I just wonder if some of us need to hear that today. Peace be with you. Maybe, maybe if you're like me, maybe we need to spend a little bit less time on social media. Turn that thing off. Let our anxiety level drop and maybe a little more time opening up God's book and hearing his promises and his truth. Maybe we need to spend a little bit more time on our knees, sort of quieting ourselves before the Lord, praying and dropping our anxiety and and the things that are stressing us and worries, dropping those things at his feet. And allowing, sort of like Ryan said in his devotional, allowing his peace that passes all understanding to guard our hearts and our minds, allowing his peace to flood in over us. And is there any of us that could use that kind of peace in our lives today? I think so. Maybe this morning you just need to hear that and be reminded again. Peace be with you, Jesus says. His his very next comment is interesting. After he said this, after he said, "Peace, peace be with you, he showed them his hands and his side. It says that the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord, and again Jesus said a second time, "Peace be with you." I found myself asking and wondering this week, why do you think? First, two things. Why did Jesus say, "Peace be with you," twice? And why did he show them his hands and his, and his side? right? Why, what's the point of that? And I think sometimes we might automatically jump ahead to, to Doubting Thomas and say, Oh, some of us have heard the story. And he said, Unless I see, unless I touch the nail holes and put my hand inside, I won't believe. And Jesus appears to him. But that story is next. It hasn't happened yet. But Jesus appears to the other disciples. And even to them, he says, I want you to come here, see the nail holes in my, in my hands and my wrists reach here into my side and believe, right? I mean, and and I find myself wondering why, but I, I think this is what he's saying. I think Jesus is sort of reminding them who he is. He says the first time, he says, peace be with you. And then he shows himself to them And then he says again peace be with you it's like he's saying yes i am the savior that died for you but i am also the conquering king i am the one that kicked the end out of a borrowed tomb and walked out alive forevermore yes i'm the one that defeated death but i am alive it's like jesus is reminding his disciples He says, when I say I'm with you so you can be at peace, let me remind you of who I am. I'm the conquering king. I am the Lord over life and death. Nothing can get thrown at me that I can't handle. I am the one who brings resurrection and life. It doesn't matter how dark things may seem. I am light. I can heal. I can rise. I am resurrection of the creator, the savior, forgiver, life bringer. Whatever happens, no matter how hopeless things seem, I am greater still. There's no sickness that I can't heal. There's no person that's too far that I can't reach and forgive and, and bring them home. There's no problem that's too great that I can't redeem. I am alive. The resurrection of Jesus, friends, hasn't always been the only hope and sort of the linchpin of the Christian faith. Everything hinges on it. If Jesus conquered death... And hell and sin If he has resurrected and now offers to bring salvation And forgiveness and restoration And eternal life Even his presence in us and with us If he offers to come and do all this Free of charge If we would simply put our faith and trust in him that it's a game changer If the same power that raised Christ from the dead is now living inside those of us who believe, then we have nothing to fear. It changes everything, and suddenly there is hope. One of my favorite, actually, one of my favorite sermons of all time, and especially in the 20th century, is by a black preacher by the name of S.M. Lockridge, and he preached this whole message called, That's My King. And uh, he just... It, the whole message is crafted around increasing and giving us a broader picture of who King Jesus really is. And I think it's exactly what Jesus is getting at. So why don't we go ahead, I want you to take a look and uh, and just sort of allow your picture of Jesus to be enlarged. And uh, and I'll come back and, and drive it home.
1: The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews israel he's the king of righteousness he's the king of the ages he's the king of heaven he's the king of glory he's the king of kings and he's the lord of lords that's my king i wonder do you know him he's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world he's a sinner savior he's unparalleled he's unprecedented he's the lostest idea in literature he is the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He provides strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers... The captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He rewards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. That's my king, He's indescribable. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't get him off of your head. You can't outlive him. And you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him. But they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in it. Herod couldn't kill it. Death couldn't handle it, And the grave couldn't hold him. That's my thing. That's my thing.
0: All right, isn't that a great video? Oh, I love that. Peace be with you, Jesus says. And in case you don't fully understand what I'm saying, he says, Come here, see the nail holes in my hands, and my side. Remember my resurrection power. I am more than enough. I am the resurrected king. Now let me just say it again. In case you don't know, I am with you. I am this resurrected king. And now I'm gonna say it again: peace. Be with you. It's like he's saying, I am here. I am powerful. I am present. Peace be with you. What do you have to fear? I am with you. And then he goes on in verse 21. says it again. He says, peace be with you. And then he says this, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I want you to just to see the big picture here today. There's so much great stuff in here. But I just want you to see this. I mean, it starts out at the beginning. And of course, the disciples are all together. They have been infected by fear. And they are in hiding. They are behind locked doors, afraid to come out. Afraid of the future. Afraid of what's going to happen next. And then Jesus comes and he stands in their midst. And he says to them, peace be with you. He reminds them that he is the resurrected one, that there is nothing he can't handle. He says again, so receive my peace. And then he says to he looks at his disciples and says, Okay, now that you're moving from fear into peace, into my presence, and now I'm going to send you out as the Father sent me. So I am sending you out filled with my spirit, Jesus says. Set on my mission, go and be carriers of something better, right? Don't be carriers of fear. Go and be carriers of the gospel. Go and be carriers of hope. Go and be carriers of the good news about Jesus, the resurrected king. Go and be a carrier of his life and his hope and his peace and his good news. He sends them out,
1: assured of his presence, empowered by his spirit, and their lives change almost instantly. In fact, the whole world changes. This
0: is sort of the the pivotal point in their lives because not only is fear contagious, but so is hope. Here's the sermon in a sentence. Here's, Here's what I've been thinking about all week. Fear carriers become hope dealers when Jesus is in us and with us literally this moment changed everything for the disciples within days these disciples go from hiding in basements to boldly proclaiming the good news of the resurrected Jesus to crowds of thousands in thousands even proclaiming in public that and stating that the religious leaders were the ones that had Jesus killed but that God raised him up from the dead anyway and that the hope and the life and the message of Jesus spread to like three thousand people in one day. Fear carriers become hope dealers when the resurrected Jesus is in us and empowers us to and lives through us. Soon, one of the Roman emperors decided to declare war on the church on followers of Jesus, and so he starts to arrest. Jesus followers. He starts to kill them. He just he saws them in two. He feeds them to lions. He crucifies them. He does all kinds of things. One of his personal favorites is he would bind them up and he would put them on high poles and he would light them on fire and use them as torches for his parties. He was horrible. Horrible uh, emperor, and that's how he treated Christians. And so you might wonder and think, well, was he able, was this emperor in this kind of culture, was he able to extinguish the hope in the life and the good news about Jesus? What do you think? No, right, Uh, no. In fact, the opposite is what happens. The church in Jerusalem ends up scattering because of this kind of persecution. And everywhere they go, other people get infected by the hope and the love and the power and the good news about Jesus, and more and more and more Jesus followers start springing up, and dozens and dozens of more churches spring up around the known world. At that time, the kingdom of God and the mission of Jesus end up moving forward like wildfire. Fear carriers become hope dealers when Jesus is in us, and He's been. We know that He's with us. I shared a few weeks ago that for the first three centuries of the church and the life of the church, there were two major epidemics that wiped out between a quarter and a third of most major population centers in that day. It was significant, it was way more deadly than the coronavirus, it was bad news. One ancient writer says this, says that it created such panic in the general population of the Roman Empire that at the first onset of the disease, People would take family members and literally kick them to the curb. They would throw them out in the streets because they were so afraid. They didn't want to get the disease, and so they threw them out there to die. It was insane. But followers of Jesus would step up. They would go out into the roads. They would bring sick people that they did not know, with whom they were not related, and they would bring them into their own homes to care for them at the risk of their own health. Because that's what Jesus did, because they were convinced that Jesus was with them, but also that his power was in them, and they had nothing to fear. And what happened? Again, did that wipe, was the church wiped out by the plague? Did the the church dwindle and Christ's followers kind of quit and die out and all that? No, not at all. The church and the mission flourished. The church grew from about 100 people in A.D. 33 to 3 million by the end of the 3rd century. Why? Because the hope found in Jesus is contagious. Because the good news that's found in Jesus about a Savior coming for us, it's contagious. Because real faith and real life and real hope in a resurrected King, it's contagious. Fear carriers become hope dealers when the resurrected Jesus is in us and with us my story it's probably yours too I mean my life was transformed when I met a Christ follower named Jenny she was a dealer in hope she was a she was a carrier of the good news of Jesus she had it bad she was unlike anyone else I had ever met before and I caught it from her and my life was radically in a majorly good way transformed as I met the resurrected Jesus for myself And it wasn't long later that my roommate caught it from me. And then another friend ended up catching it later. And then uh, I went to Russia the next summer, and a couple of my roommates there caught it. We have done church planting, we've been missionaries, we've been all over the world, and we have seen people catch Christianity Catch the hope and the life and the good news about Jesus and see it transform their lives. So, uh, I shared a video a few weeks ago about Chris and Mark and the way uh, God has used them in a contagious sort of way to make a difference in the world. They're not carriers of fear. They are carriers of Jesus himself. Jesus breathes on them and on all of us. He says, receive my spirit. I am living in you. You are a carrier of Jesus Christ by his spirit. And he sends us out on mission to go bring hope to the world that needs it, to go bring life and the message of Jesus to a world that desperately needs it. Here's what I'm getting at, friends. We are all of us carriers of something. Some of us right now, if we're honest, we're carriers of fear. There's some doomsday carriers around. Some of us are are carriers of hopelessness. Others of us are carriers of hope and of life and of the good news about the Savior. But all of us are carriers of something. What are you a carrier of? And is it worth other people catching what you have? Friends, we have nothing to fear. We don't need to be carriers of fear because we follow and know and have the resurrected Jesus with us and in us. We no longer need to be carriers of fear. Instead, we carry with us the hope and the life and the joy and the peace of Jesus. Jesus says, peace be with you. We're carriers of Jesus himself by his spirit. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is in you and with you. What do we have to fear? We're all carriers of something. Is what you're carrying worth catching? As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then he filled them with his spirit and he sent them out on mission. Friends, Jesus is doing the same thing with you and me today. I get that For the last couple of weeks, it's been tempting for us to quarantine, right? To to hide away in our basements, to lock the doors, and to live in fear. And I'm all for following guidelines and not for needlessly exposing ourselves to the coronavirus. That's not what I'm suggesting. But what I'm saying is instead of being carriers of fear, maybe today God is speaking to you and moving you from fear to faith, saying, peace be with you, I am with you. I am present, I am powerful, I am in you. You have nothing to fear. And then sending us out on mission to be carriers of hope. Friends, this is our opportunity to shine and to be the church. We have nothing to fear, not even death itself. We have been entrusted and infected with the hope and the good news and the life of Jesus. The cure that the world needs, even more than a vaccine for the coronavirus, is Jesus, and we have been entrusted with that. I understand that during the the first week or two, it's tempting to, to hide away, but now Jesus is calling us out to be carriers of hope, spreading the message of the life and the healing and the fullness of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 2 uh, 14 says this. Oh man, I should go back. I, I love this passage. I just, this is what the, the Apostle Paul writes about this. He says, Don't you understand? If God is with us, and even more so, if he's in us, if God is for us, who can be against us? Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who is raised to life, is at the right hand of God. He's interceding, he's praying, he's bargaining, so to with God for us on our behalf. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sorrow? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. He ends by saying, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither the angels or the demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation could possibly separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We have nothing to fear. He is with us. He is in us. We do not need to be afraid. 2 Corinthians says this, but thanks be to God who always leads us as captives uh, in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. I love that picture. He is using us to spread the aroma of Jesus to a world that desperately needs him. He wants to use you to spread hope and to spread his love and to spread his peace to our culture that desperately needs Jesus. Some of us might be here today, and you're listening to this. You're like, I don't really know what this all this life with Jesus stuff is that you're talking about. Maybe you've been living life on your own a little bit. Maybe today God is speaking to you and saying, "You know what? There's a better way. There's a better way." Maybe He's trying to make His presence known to you. Maybe he's speaking to you today, saying, "Peace, be still." And maybe today your response just needs to be to open up your heart and life to Him. Just say, "Jesus." I want you. Would you come and fill it? Would you move me from fear to faith? Would you move me from fear to peace? Would you remind me, let me know of your presence with me and then lead me and guide me? Because I want to follow. I want my life to be filled not with fear, but with faith and hope and love in Jesus. Come and have your way. Friends, if you have never... Had a moment where you turned to Jesus like that and opened up your heart. Like, I would encourage you, to do it today. It's not about fancy words or saying the right thing, it is about making a faith commitment You're saying, Jesus, I want you and I need you in my life. Would you come and have your way? Do it today. Maybe you're here today and uh, and you've opened up your life to Jesus like that in the past. And for whatever reason, you find yourself living in fear today. Maybe you're a carrier of fear. Maybe you don't even mean it. But, but when you kind of look around, you're like, you know what? Fear seems to be what, what people are catching from me. It's evident on my social media posts. It's evident in my family. Maybe it's time for you today to be reminded, say, Jesus, I need you as well, right? I am tired. I can't control everything. I can't try and whatever. It only makes me fearful and anxious and tired, exhausted. And so we lay down our lives today and we are reminded that we follow and we are desperately in need of a Savior who died but who rose again the one who spoke the world into existence, the one who is alive forevermore. There is nothing he can't handle. Maybe it's time today for us to entrust ourselves to him and say, Jesus, you're the one I need. You are the one that's on the throne. You are the one that's in charge of this whole world and you will work it out for our good and for your glory. So would you come and take the weight? Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If, you're, if what you're carrying is heavy, you're not doing it right. Maybe it's time to lay that down and say, Jesus, would you come and fill me with your peace and teach me this new way to live and to do life with you. Fill me with your hope and your life and your peace. Mm, it's better. Maybe, maybe you, you are walking in peace. Maybe you've got confidence today in this resurrected Jesus we're talking about, maybe for you, maybe today the Lord is speaking and saying, you know what, that's awesome. He's moved you in the past from fear to faith and to hope and to peace. And maybe today you say, okay, it's time now. Go and be my witnesses. Go, right? Go as my ambassadors. Go as carriers of the good news of Jesus. Go and spread everywhere the aroma of Jesus, right? The peace and life and the joy that's only found in him. Maybe he's sending you out today, and you don't have to to uh, to gather in large groups to do that. There's all kinds of ways we can be doing that. Maybe there's an elderly couple that lives in your neighborhood, and maybe you can reach out to them and say, you know what, uh, I I know you probably shouldn't be out grocery shopping or getting supplies at Walmart, but I'd be happy to do that for you there are ways that I can serve or love you. It's a way that you can shine Jesus, right? Maybe maybe it's just a, ma- a matter of being a carrier of hope wherever you go, so that if you're interacting with people on social media, maybe it's a, a matter of just of just letting that joy and hope of Jesus sort of just ooze out of you <laughs> in, in everything that you say and do. We had a college student, oh, this is great. Uh, just... Again, being sent out as a carrier of hope by I mean, a college student that, that posted this week and said, hey, for those of you that are, that are uh, homeschooling now, which is pretty much the whole country, uh, at least our state, uh, that, that are doing homeschooling, if you need help, if your student needs help, uh, if you as a, as a parent are you know, doing stuff and you don't really know, know how to teach this, uh, I'd love to help. Uh, they were an education uh, major and so I'd love to come alongside and help. Maybe there's ways like that that you and I can serve, that we can be
1: the church, that we can step up and go and be hope carriers to a world that desperately needs it.
0: Tina went out yesterday and just mentioned, she said, man, they went to Walmart or the grocery store or something, and they were just saying, man, everywhere, people are a little standoffish. They're they're looking at you like, are you a carrier? Are you whatever? And and she just said, man, it could be as simple as just smiling and waving. You don't have to be like right next to them. You could be, but just like let them know God loves you. I love Like just smile, right? It could be as simple as that, that everywhere we go, we're spreading the aroma of Jesus, the hope. Of Jesus I read across this quote this week I thought was great every person is a priest every home a church every home is a healing community reaching out to a sick society friends uh, and I, I, somebody put one of our people posted this yesterday on social media too. I thought this is great the church isn't empty the church has been deployed keep in mind that the church for the first three centuries was primarily a house church movement. It was churches that met in people's homes, 5, 10, 15, 20 people that took the gospel. They were carriers of the good news of Jesus, and they took it out to their neighborhoods and to their worlds. Maybe that's what God is doing here with you right now. Are there ways that you can be the church, that you can bring hope, that you can bring life, that that you can come alongside and serve and love the people around you in these days. To be the good news. Fear carriers become hope dealers when the resurrected Jesus lives in us and is with us. It's time to live that out. Let me close with this. This is a great verse. Romans 15 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope. By the power of your spirit, of the Holy Spirit. And I just think, man, that's what God wants to do in us this week. He wants to move us from fear to experience his presence, his peace, and his power. And then he's sending us out to be hope bringers, right? Hope carriers to a world that desperately needs Jesus. Let's close in prayer. Father, that's our cry this morning. Would you fill us with your spirit? Would you open our eyes to see and know your presence would you fill us with your peace and would you send us out to really bring the aroma of Jesus to be uh, your light to bring your life and your hope to the culture around us God may your church move forward as we step out would you give us wisdom uh, and even just speak to us to know how we can best serve and how we can best love and how we can best be the church in this era God we love you and we need you we lift these things up in Jesus' name, Amen.